I'm Ryan Idell, host of 15 Minutes to Freedom, your daily action guide to getting shit done. Today I have a special guest on the show, the IFBB professional bodybuilder, Guy Cicernino. Guy, how are you today? What's going on, man? Nothing. We had uh, fucking 47 minutes of technical difficulties figuring out how to get your goddamn camera to work. That was exciting. Well, I figured out when I called my guy who, who changed the processor out, he said like the process, the new updated processor doesn't come with a camera. So I had to like type in this code. Never fucking easy. Well, nothing is guy. No, nothing's easy. So I, I, I met guy. Of course not. So I met guy. You came to Columbus for the Arnold Classic. So guy is a professional bodybuilder. 212 pound is the weight class you compete in. But fuck, you got to be bigger than that on stage. Or at least you look like it. No, I'm actually lighter. No shit. Yeah, about 207 on stage, off season, about 235, 240. All right, but, but not right now because you had double shoulder surgery. Yes, I did. Yeah, right. Both I shoulders operate on it. I got to right fuck done, with you. June 26th, left one done July 23rd. I went from about 235. I'm, I'm lucky if I hit 200 right now. I mean, that's very generous. You got to have some big fucking shoes on right now to be 200. I mean, I've seen you big before. I know it sucks as a bodybuilder. Like it busts your balls right now. I'm not trying to fuck with you. I'm being serious. Like, oh, my mother came over yesterday and she was like, "You look so skinny." I was like, "That's exactly what I want to fucking hear." So, how's the rehab going? I, I saw you start to do curls and stuff again, right? You're doing a little bit. Good. Of, uh, I mean, I got full range of motion in both arms. Um, little pain because what they did was called the tenodesa surgery. So they go in, they cut your bicep tendon away from your labrum. Mm-hmm. They tie this anchor to it, and then they drill a little hole in your humerus and drop your bicep tendon into your humerus. Because I was having a lot of bicep tendonitis pain, like like to the point where I couldn't even sleep at night. And um, they, I did, they did MRIs of both, and the doctor was like, they're both equally horrible. They were, he goes, I don't even know how your bicep tendons are hanging on. Um, so they ended up having to, to cut them, and, uh, and they weren't torn. It was just from years, you know, 15 years of a football background plus training, you know, the way that I train is just the, the way I explain it to people is, it's like a it's like a NASCAR, you know, race. The car can only go around the, the track so many times before it's got to pit and get gas and new tires and shit. So, you know, just wear and tear on the body. You know, everybody thinks that like I did something in the gym and no, this was just I had to get done because of just the consistent training and abuse on the body, you know, between football and working out. Of course. Of course. So who did your surgery? You do it in New Jersey? Yeah, Doctor Dumas. He's awesome. He's one of the top doctors for like Rutgers and like a lot of professional athletes over here, so um, he did both of them five weeks apart. I wanted to get them both done together, but when I went to for the consult for the final surgery, he was like, "You better have a very loyal girlfriend, or uh, your parents live with you because you're not going to be able to wipe your ass for a couple of days." And at th- that time, um, when I went for the consult, I did not have a girlfriend, and I lived by myself in my own house, so that wasn't an option. So, no, of maybe not. if I had uh, my girlfriend at the time, like I do, I would have opted for both at the same time and I would already be training, but I don't think she would have enjoyed wiping my ass as much. But pro- probably not, but I, from what it looks like on social media, she would do it for you. I mean, you have a solid probably. relationship. Probably. She's a ride or die for sure. Yeah, it's very cool to see. So, I, like I said, I met Guy, fuck, it's probably been two years ago now, maybe even three. No, more than that. Yeah, I don't, I, I can't even. Justin Dees introduced us at the Arnold like three, four years ago. Yeah, so Justin Heather Dees out of uh, Salt Lake City, Heather Dees being a professional bodybuilder in the figure world, introduced me to Guy because it was when you had the weird skin thing going on, when you had the, the, the like, fuck, when it first started. Yeah, 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 that was about three years ago. Yeah, so Guy was here competing in the Arnold Classic, and he had, all of a sudden, Justin's messaging me like, hey, bro, can you help, you know, if, you, if we need to get some stuff, you know, ointment or whatever it would be, because I'm from Columbus, 
guy's here and he's laid up in a hotel room and he's got this blotchy, weird. That was red, two years ago. Yep. Yeah, red shit all over his body. And just uh, have you you've you've have you kicked that thing's ass yet? Like, do you know what the red blotches are? So I they know what it caused it. It was from um, antibiotics in a tanning bed. Um, it's called a phototoxic reaction. It's when your body reacts to chemicals in your body with the UV light. Um, but the, I finally remember what I was taking, the, the medicine side. I always get sick before a show. When my immune system drops, um, I just get sick all the time. It happens every – I get sick at least one run um, throughout my prep. So I was on antibiotics. I went tanning the week before the show. And, um, yeah, I got cut. I, I still have the blotch. I still have – it looks like black and blues now. They were very red, dark, and they peeled. And I mean, it, it was like third-degree burns, but, like, internally. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still have marks all over me, which is embarrassing. You can't see it on stage, thank God, when I get sprayed. But I, I have black and blues on my stomach, on my legs, behind my knees, around my neck, on my arms, under here. I mean, I'm, it's it's nasty. It's because you know the doctor said it could take a couple of years for my skin to like reheal and like uh, the pigment go back to the normal color. So that kind of sucks. But yeah, I would guess you're just in some S and M stuff now. I mean, I, I don't know if it's really this blotchy skin stuff. I just think you're you're going off the deep end when it comes to your sexual proclivities. Hey, listen, I mean, I got some handcuffs and shit in my fucking in my room, but I, I don't S and M. I don't know. It's a little much. Uh, of of course. So the, the the shoulder. Let's jump back to the shoulder surgery for a second. What's your return to stage look like? How I mean, is that something on the radar? Is it day by yeah, day? Yeah, well, I wanted to do the Arnold in March, but they pulled the two twelve. From the Arnold, so that's not happening. Get the I had um, no idea what why they pull a two twelve. They said lack of competitors, so I don't I don't know. Huh. No clue. So it's probably looking like possibly New York Pro. Yep. Um in May. But if I'm having a, a good off season and I'm capitalizing on, you know, being out of the gym for so long because I haven't had a, a true off season since about two thousand and ten when I or I turned pro in two thousand eight. Competed uh, 2010 as for my pro debut, and I've competed every year since. I've never had an off season, so this is the longest layoff from the gym, you know, I ever had. And uh, you know, people, I'm, I I don't really pay attention to threads. I'm, I'm when I was younger in my you know 18, 19, 20, 21, mid 20s, I gave a fuck what people said on social media and you know muscular development and all those online forms. But when you all you become a little older, mature, most of those people that that talk garbage or, or these little fucking punk kids who are uh, just self-righteous self-entitled have nothing better to do than to finger fuck a keyboard and try to bash everybody so um i really don't give a shit but i know a lot of people are saying that i'm not going to be able to come back because i lost so much weight and you know dennis wolf you know never came back from his stuff and blah 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 blah, blah. but what people don't realize is i never had a hiatus from uh working out or competing never had this much time off so i think i'm i'm going to come back better than ever um, is it possible I don't? Yeah. But you know, people look at me like, Oh my God, you lost so much weight. And then you hear things online. People go, Oh, that's that, you know, he's all drugs. And I'm like, it's funny because if you don't work out and you're eating three times a day, four times a day, not a lot of protein, cause there's no point to eat a ton of protein and a ton of carbs when you're not training, because then you're just putting stress on your liver and kidneys that your body doesn't need. So when you're, you cut back your food intake and you're not training and I'm doing cardio twice a day just because I'm fucking bored. I have nothing to do. So I want to do something, you know, you drop weight. So, I mean, it is what it is, but I know within about two to three weeks, I should bounce back around 20 to 25 pounds. Oh, absolutely. I mean, no, and you're, you're not a normal competitor. I mean, you're a fucking marathon, man. You don't do like one or two shows a year. You, you compete, compete like you're in it to win it. Yeah. Huh. 
That's interesting. The the, the keyboard warriors. Are very, I never even considered the fact that you wouldn't come back. Like, how old are you? Fucking thirty two. Yeah, I mean, shit. You you got another ten years easy. About, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do ten years. Maybe five. Well, look at Dexter. Dexter looks as good now as he ever has. Yeah, I'm not Dexter though, and Dexter doesn't. Dexter's one of the guys that doesn't have to train the way I have to train a, a certain way to maintain the physique that I have. I tried training light and machines, and it, that just I, I don't gain the muscle that I need to train like that. Dexter's a fucking anomaly. I don't, you know, if I was Dexter and I could, I'm not not that, and I'm not saying Dexter doesn't train hard. We just train very different, and what works for one person doesn't always work for the same. But I'm definitely gonna have to change up my training. If I want to last even five years, you know, yeah, I just, I train too heavy. Um, and I, I gotta just, I'm going to start doing a lot of slower movements, time under tension, you know, slowing the reps, the negatives, um, the eccentric movements and just, uh, you know, see what I can do. So who, do you have a coach right now guy? I mean, obviously diet wise. Yeah. Yeah. As- my Chris Aceto does all my prep stuff and, uh, Charles glass, um, every day when I train on the way to the gym, I call him, we go over workouts. He gives me everything to do from sets, reps and work and, uh, exercises. Yeah. So, this is, I mean, you have, for those of you that are listening, they don't have any idea what we're talking about because bodybuilding is an obscure sport that, like, not everybody knows about. Guy has what I would call the two best. I mean, Chris Aceto has been in this game as a dietitian for years. I feel, I feel like 20 it's years. It's like the like, 80s. Yeah. I mean, 20, 30 years. Like, he's called the technician. Like, there's, I don't know who would be better than him nobody. ever. And then, same thing with Charles Glass. Have you ever made it out to, the mecca of bodybuilding out to Venice Beach. Charles Glass is this guy with long dreads that wears a hat and always has on cargo pants. That and a is, sweatshirt, and he's there every fucking day. Every day, and it's just methodical. Like you get, you see these newbies coming in trying to do a workout with him, and they're shot. Like I don't, for you to go through those workouts consistently is a testament to who you are. I mean, not everybody can handle that shit. He's an, Charles is an animal. Yes, for sure. So you've you've you're no stranger to accidents and that type of shit, though, right? You had a car accident that. I mean, now I, I you you fucking walk around biting on a headphone cord that I thought was because something was fucked up with you, but it, it's your jaw, like because from an accident, right? Yep, I got I got into a nasty car accident back in 2013. A bucket truck cut me off. Those are the trucks that work on the power lines, and he cut me off. I was in the fast lane, he was in the middle, and we, you know where the cops sit in the big cutouts. He cut in front of me while he was on his cell phone, which is illegal. Slammed on his brakes. I'm doing 65, 70 miles an hour. I don't even remember. And he cut in front of me and just came to a complete stop. And I didn't even hit my brakes. And I just fucking demolished them. Um, obviously, I wasn't at fault, thank God, because I had witnesses and shit. But um, broke my thumb, busted ribs up, partially tore my meniscus, two herniated discs in my back. Um, got really bad TMJ from getting hit from with the airbag. And... Uh, what ended up happening is I was having a lot of jaw pain from, especially when I was training and when I was, you know, going to bed because of, of you know, any kind of pressure on my jaw was really bothering me to the point where like sometimes I couldn't even open my mouth. So I started biting like on a, on a regular, like a cord, like something like this, because it, if even just something that separates your teeth from clenching relaxes your jaw. Yeah. So my mom works for an oral surgeon. So um, he was like, oh, get a mouthpiece. And I was in the gym one day, and I'm like, yeah, this is just as fucking good. So I just threw the headphone cord in my mouth, and I started biting it. And uh, it started becoming a habit. It was, it was just every time I did a set, I would just grab my cord, throw it in my mouth, and, and then next thing I know, you know, I finally went to a dentist. I, got, I, I, I wear a mouthpiece when I train. It's not a, like a mouthpiece you get from like a sports authority or Models. Like this is 
a $250 mouth guard from the dentist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, so I wear that. But now everybody's like, why do you chew your headphone cord? And I'm like, because now it's just a habit. Like if it's not in my mouth, I feel like something's off when I'm training, which is probably not. I mean, not that biting a headphone cord is bad, but it's like it's just a very bad habit, which I don't need to do. Like people think I, there's guys that wear mouthpiece in the gym because they think it helps them better. I, I, I can't stand wearing it, but I have to wear it. Yeah, of, of course. So now I got people tagging me in their videos with like biting their headphone cords or have a mouthpiece. And I'm like, God bless you guys, I guess. But you're, you, I mean, guy, although you're on my little podcast, you're a big deal in bodybuilding. Like you think you're, you're what top, top five in the two twelve? Yeah. You, you've won well, shows before I I, top three, top the two. Way I, bodybuilding is not a, it's not like the NFL or the MLB or NBA. It's, you know, it's almost like we're bubblegum wrappers in a bubblegum factory. So, you know, I got people that, you know, I'll, I'll be doing stuff or they'll make comments like the legend like guy sister Nino, or they'll be like the the go or and i'm just like or you know you're a celebrity i was like no i'm not i mean you, you're a celebrity when you come to columbus like i get to pick you up in my truck we go to have fucking sushi together you get to bitch the whole time right in the back i mean you are a celebrity guy celebrities ride in a fucking limo buddy that's so i i guess i'm getting the hint the next time you come to columbus i gotta make sure i have a fucking limo red ride. carpet and a limo is what is expected okay as long as you wear a suit that fits you you just got to gain my weight back. You'll be fine. Yeah, You got plenty of time. Not even a little bit worried about that. <laughs> so with all that being said, you offer services to the marketplace. Like if I'm, if I'm listening right now, you have what eBooks and diet and training and clothes. Yeah, I, and I, I mean, run, I run, I have eBooks. If you, I don't know if you can see behind me all that. That's, you know, I got all my shelving. I got a bunch of, uh, Clothing, um, hoodies, heavy hoodies, T-shirts, baseball tees. Um, I got scullies. I got uh, hats, posters, eight by tens. I mean, um, yeah, I, I have an online store, eBooks. Uh, I do consults, uh, diet prep. Um, you know, regular soccer moms. I have a very good clientele. Um, I, everybody that I work with gets very, very good results. I'm very happy. Do I have people that sign up and they slack off and they look like shit? Yeah, but. That's what I tell people as soon as they sign up. Listen, I can only tell you what to do. I can't monitor you 24 hours a day. If you're going to slack off and eat shit, then don't waste your money. Well, of course. I mean, that's it's one of the things we talk about on the show is, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you're somebody that's eating shit food, you're probably training like shit. You're probably not working in the physical office as hard as you could. Like, it just transfers into everything. Like, it's no surprise that your businesses are successful because you fucking work hard in the gym and you do things the right way. Like you're, I don't say you're an anomaly when it comes to bodybuilding, but you've diversified into not only owning your own, you know, nutrition and training products or, you know, eBooks and all that shit, but you actually are part owners in a supplement company as well. Right? Yeah. So Centurion labs uh, got started about four years ago. Um, I was still with BSN at the time and uh, I started working uh, with this place called red rose rejuvenation. They do like tattoo removals and uh, skincare and HRT and um, laser hair removal and Juvederm and Botox and um, hair plugs and so the doctors were like, "Listen, if, you know, we we want to help you and go do your blood labs and all this stuff." And they're like, "You know, we'll do all your stuff for free. Just promote us." And then I met Doctor Nick Puccio, who is um, my brother-in-law's good friend, who's a chiropractor, who actually got hooked up with Dr. Kepko, who's the owner of Red Rose Rejuvenation. He owns HRT clinics, blood labs, hospitals. Um, and uh, they wanted to start their own line because they were like, listen, we're, you know, we do diet consultations or they do everything. 
So they're like, why are we going to buy a third-party product? We could just make our own. So they started Centurion Labs, and then you know they asked me if I would be willing to join on, and I had eight months left in my BSN contract, and um, I had a, a very I, I had um, reasons why I could leave BSN, and um, not that I wanted to at that current moment, but um, unfortunately things didn't pan out with BSN. I I went to them. I said, listen, this is the deal. And I don't know if they thought I was bluffing with, with the offer that I had on the table, which was way better than I had with BSN. And uh, I took a huge risk and left BSN, uh, one of the biggest supplement companies back then in the uh, marketplace, in the fitness industry. And um, it just uh, has been an awesome ride. I mean, there's obviously hurdles and adversity along the way with, with anything in life, but um, it's been a crazy ride. Um, myself, Nick, um, Dr. Kepgro. Adam, Keith, Chelsea, um, Angelo, Dylan. I mean, those are the guys that that's, that's it for the company. That's, there's nobody else. Yeah. Um, so we're, you know, we're in a, a lot of countries, um, all over the U S um, you know, we're in Spain, we're in, uh, Russia, we're in UK, we're in Poland, we're in Australia, like Egypt, uh, Kuwait, Dubai. I mean, we, it's funny because we literally started in like what was pretty much the size of a fucking two car garage. And now we're in this huge, like huge office space. That's enormous. My dog's getting mad about something. Hey, zip it. Um, stop. And, uh, it, uh, it's been a crazy ride. I mean, we we travel, we're going to the Britain, the end of, um, September storm. Hey, come here. Now, come over here. Stop working. Um, we're going to Britain the end of September. Then I got to go to Dubai for Centurion Labs um, in the beginning of December. So it's, uh, it, it's been a crazy ride, man, and it's awesome. It's, it, it's been a lot harder of a transition leaving BSN to go to Centurion Labs because I have more uh, skin in the game, per se, Yeah. Um, as far as R&D and coming out with my own products and being involved, not just an athlete, but an owner. So I take on a lot more responsibility than just being a standard athlete, but uh, I enjoy it. Um, you know, I, I don't look for short term. I want longevity. I, I don't want to, uh, you know, stop bodybuilding and then, you know, go back to fucking working a nine to five. And I want to have, you know, I want, I want this to support me of course. Uh, for years to come. So, uh, you know, that's why I do things kind of strategically in my life to plan out, you know, moving forward. Yeah. So guy in, relation to this to centurion where you guys i mean walk us through you you leave bsn and the company's a startup so i'll just assume revenues are under seven figures you know probably under 100 grand right i mean you're it's a fucking startup like it there's not a magic i think money the first well. year i don't even think we did a million yeah and, and uh, you know now you're into year four what year five what does that look like is it a, a you know a, a figure yeah, what i want to see what she's barking at so for you listening guy has two, what two pit bulls guy yeah, come here. Come here. Okay. This is one. <laughs> That's 90 awesome. pounder. You have what, two of them? She's, she, they're, they're watching. I got one that's underneath me. They're, she's 90 pounds, nine, maybe even heavier now, and he's about 85. Okay. But they're only a year and a half, to, but they're, this one's like a, a, baby, a baby lion. Yeah. But, so, um, so, uh, you were asking, uh, revenue wise, so, like, like how the transition was. 
Yeah, so we cover, you know, the podcast, we cover everything from spirituality, meditation, all that type of stuff, all the way into, you know, entrepreneurism and, and what that looks like. So part of this to me is the fact that you took a leap, you tried something, you went out on essentially on your own, like, sure, yeah. start of a, part of a startup, no, no fucking parachute, no safety net other than the money that you'd saved up yourself from all the other shit you've done in your life. And you're four years into this journey, five years, whatever you want to call it, and Where's that company sit now? Like that growth that you've experienced from your hard work. Like, what does that look like? Not personal it's, income, it, but the business. It is awesome. You know, when I, when, when I started with BSN, you know, Scott James was the original owner and um, Scott and Chris. And, uh, you know, they started essentially out of the trunk of their car. And you, you look back and they're like, you know, they sold BSN for what? $170 million. Yeah. And obviously we're not nowhere near that yet. But um, seeing where we were, originally and where we grew to and see everything come to fruition um is pretty cool i mean we started off with like two fucking products a pre-workout and back then we were doing sarms which we don't do anymore um and then now we got fucking uh, we probably got 50 products yeah it's uh it, it's crazy it, it's it's a lot of hard work I, I didn't realize how hard of a job it was to be involved in, in the, the business side of running a supplement company because when I was at BSN, I was just an athlete. I didn't give a fuck what they did behind the scenes. As long as I was getting my paycheck and, you know, promoting them and they were happy with what I was doing, that's all that mattered. Now it's a little different because I, it's, you don't want to, you know, now that I'm part owner, you know, I got um, my face on the, and my signature on some of the products. So it's like, I'm promoting these, but you know, when you're a BSN, I'm, pro I'm promoting a brand. Now people look at Centurion Labs and they're like, oh, Guy Cicernino is the brand of Centurion Labs. That's it. So there's no room to fuck up. So I got to make sure that every product that we put out is good, tastes good, uh, meets label claims, GMP certified, uh, it, and it's we don't have any proprietary blend. So it, it's be very fucking um, tense at times. Of course. And how far down the, the formulation route do you physically go? I mean, obviously I'm sure you have input, but as far as has your knowledge expanded on what's actually in the products now that you're not just, you know, getting paid to be a sponsored athlete, like you own the fucking company, you're a part of it now. Well, and I actually, I don't buy a lot of products now that aren't uh, Centurion Labs, mainly for the fact that because when we started, we went to facilities to get protein runs done and pre-workouts and commodity lines like glutamine, creatine, beta alanine, agmathine, psyllium seed husk. Um, but especially when we, when we started out with the proteins, I, you don't realize, and it's so bad um, be, that people even get away with this, but we had manufacturers trying to tell us, oh, well, if you did the protein the way you want, it's going to cost you X. But if you did it the way we do it, which is a little bit of whey isolate plus amino spiking, it's a lot cheaper. So it's like, uh, and then you see all the brands in the in the manufacturing plant that they use and bill ladings. And I'm like, well, I'm never going to fucking do that. So I'd rather my stuff cost a little more and it be true to the label than be some bullshit product and then be put on blast like virtually Every fucking brand out there that you can think of that's a big name that I'm not going to name has been nailed for not meeting label claims multiple times. And I'm so grateful that that has not happened to us yet. 
Oh, absolutely. And guy, amino spiking, some of my listeners might not be familiar with that. what that is. So without naming names, will you describe what amino spiking is from the viewpoint of a manufacturer? Yeah, amino spiking is simple. So you have your branch chain aminos, which are your building blocks of proteins, and then you have your, your protein. So your whey protein isolate concentrate is derived from milk. Milk is very expensive. If you ever bought a gallon of milk in the store, you know it's not cheap. So think about the powdered form of milk, essentially, um, and how much powder would fill a gallon. It'd be a lot. So those ga- though, that powder costs a lot. So what companies will do is they'll say, all right, well, instead of doing 25 grams of protein a scoop, let's make it 10 grams of protein um, isolate a scoop, and then we'll add in the branch chain aminos because they are the quote-unquote building blocks of protein. And because aminos are considered essentially protein, but they don't work in the same way that regular protein whey isolate does, they are able to get away with saying that there is 25 grams of protein, but 15 of it being from branched-chain aminos and 10 of it being from whey isolate, which on the label, it doesn't break it down. It could, what they do is they take all the, uh, the aminos and the protein, add it together, and put that as the protein basis on the label of the product, which that's where they get in trouble because that does not meet label claims. That's falsifying your label, and that's called amino spiking because you're not breaking down on the label that it's X amount grams of branched aminos and X amount of grams of whey protein isolate. Absolutely. So I'll say it so Guy doesn't get himself in trouble. If you're buying your protein from Walmart or from CVS or from some sort of you know mom and pop store, not not even mom and pop, but just like Sam's Club or a, a discount vendor like that, I'm within 98% positive that you're buying shit. Like you're buying. It's not even that. It's it. it, And yes, you're true on that. But I'm talking brands that promote big shows like the Olympia and the Arnold. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I, got to know that the majority of my listeners are maybe not so down this rabbit hole. And there's there's this whole other opportunity where you deal with someone like a Centurion Labs, where you get online and you go to CenturionLabs.com, and you see why their protein is. I'm gonna make up a number. I haven't looked, guys. So if I'm wrong, fucking shoot me. But fifty bucks, let's say, for a five pound jug of protein. You know, and, and then you go to Sam's Club or Walmart or some shit, and you see a, that same a different five pound jug of protein for thirty five bucks. And you're like, I'll just buy that. Well, there's a reason. Like, you can't have cheap and good and fast. Like, you're gonna have to give up one of those variables, if not two. And so, there's a reason why you buy high quality products, and there's a reason why someone like Guy looks the way the guy looks. And from knowing him personally, it's not this whole thing of like steroids and all that stuff. Like, I get this shit all the time. Like, I used to be two ninety five. You knew me when I was some of my heaviest weight. Yeah. I openly admit to using steroids. I don't use fucking anything, like zero. No HRT, no any. Like, I'm clean, off, have been for months and months and months. I'm still 265. Yeah. It's just not going anywhere. I do cardio, I fucking box. You know, it's because I fuel my body with the best quality shit I possibly can because I don't want to lose any more weight. Like, I'm good where I'm at. Yeah. But I spend more for supplement. Like, I spend more money on protein. I, I buy the best shit I can find. Yep. Because it That's matters. what I tell people. I tell people, listen, if you, you know, if, if like for the, uh, I'm big, with, I, I like to use analogies because I feel like some people really can't grasp concepts sometimes unless they're put in, in kind of terms that they can physically understand. I tell you, if you take, let's say two BMWs, same year, make, model, color, everything's exactly the same. It, they all come with the same upgrades or whatever. If one BMW costs 70000 and one BMW costs, let's say forty. There's got to be a reason why the one costs $30,000 less. And if you were to bank, 
that you're just getting a better deal and somebody's going to like sell it for that cheap, then if you think that there's nothing wrong with that BMW, then I'm sorry, you're a fucking idiot. Like that's just, it's, it's common sense to me. You know, like that, obviously the engine has more miles on it. It's been in an accident. It, you know, it, 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 there's, there's a thousand things under the hood of a car that could be wrong, but you know, that's, it's, just because things, I, yeah, me and my mom had this conversation because, you know, growing up, my mom would always buy the cheapest fucking like electronics and this and that. And I would be like, sometimes it's okay if you want to go cheap. If you want to, if you don't want to buy a fucking Armani shirt and you want to buy a Hanes, it's shirt's a shirt. When it comes to certain things in life, especially, you know, electronics, vehicles that you drive that could potentially save your life, um, food that you put in your body, it cheaper is not always better. And I know some people can't afford certain things. Like I just started eating organic. Um, everything I do is organic now. I'm yep. not a vegan. Obviously, I hunt, I fish. Um, I'm not a vegan whatsoever. Um, but I grew up hunting and fishing. My girlfriend does not eat meat. She's a pescatarian, so she only eats fish and eggs. Wow. Um, she doesn't eat any beef, any chicken, any turkey, any of that stuff. Um, but, you know, being with her and, and learning, you know, stuff about being a pescatarian you know, the amount of protein we do put in our body that we buy from a regular, let's say Wegmans or, or whatever, you know, that's got a lot of hormones, a lot of steroids, a lot of chemicals. So, and now that I'm, you know, I got injured or, or I got shoulder surgery, my longevity in the game, I, I'm trying to, to make it a little longer, about four to five years in bodybuilding. And if I, I want to do it as healthy as I, I possibly can. So I, I, decided, you know what, if I'm going to be eating this amount of protein, once I get back and training, I, I don't want to put, I don't want to put any extra cortisol or stress or chemicals or junk in my body that I don't need to. So if there's one, the biggest way I can offset that is by eating just organic. And this company that I just ordered food from trifecta, or they actually started sponsoring me. Um, Cause I was with NutriChef for a long time. And the guy, AJ and Art, were awesome, never did anything wrong, but they don't do organic. And I just said, listen, you know, I, I, between the bloating and the gas and the feeling sluggish, like I, I need to change for me. It's nothing you guys did, but I'm not going to make you guys go out and buy all this organic food just to, to make me food. So um, it, it's, it's things like that. You have to, sometimes the extra money can go a very long way. Of course, of course. And guy, you, you touch base on something. How often are you getting blood panels done? Like, just every minimum six months. Okay. I actually have a blood panel right here that I just got done. Yeah. yeah. So, so how is it? And for people that think you know bodybuilders are horrible, I mean, my, I mean, if you look at this, there is nothing on here. I mean, most people want to. Oh, cocaine's negative. In case you guys were wondering, uh, thiazide diuretics were negative. Um because this was actually for a life insurance policy, but my uh, kidney enzymes and liver enzymes were dead center in line. Cholesterol, my uh, HDL was 64. My LDL was a tad high. You know, that range is about 50 to 130. Mine was 133. Um, triglycerides were low. Um, my ratio of cholesterol was beyond perfect. So it's funny that you hear people and talk about bodybuilding and, oh, they're going to die soon in this. Listen, some bodybuilders abuse a lot of shit and um, end up either in the hospital fucked up. But, you know, the way I explain it, if you're going to take, you know, PEDs, especially either from a doctor and you get monitored, you're healthier than somebody that goes out drinking Thursday, Friday, Saturday. 
Well, yeah, and I think there's a, a, a bad stigmatism around that. You look at, you know, performance enhancing drugs is what PD, you know, the the acronym stands for. Really is if you're not going to me super aggressive or even you know just staying away from diuretics in massive amounts, and if you're not abusing oral anabolics in a massive capacity, the things that I'll say that I I can I'm certainly not going to speak for you guy, but things that I would yeah. inject in my body, you know, I'm increasing my testosterone levels. Now, sure, I might be doing that across the board with 14 different supplements or you know substances, but they're all an analog of testosterone, and yeah. I'm just trying to maximize the amount of free testosterone I have in my body. Like exactly that's it. And of course you get down the rabbit hole of insulin and IGF one and growth hormone. And there's some things that are, you know, aren't so pleasant that that can do to your body. Some of the, absolutely the bloating and the, you know, the distended stomach and some of the things now that are slowly eroding the sport of bodybuilding, um, in my opinion. And I think at the opinion of quite a few other people, but really fucking just stay away from diuretics. Like if you want to run some testosterone because you want to feel like more of a man, not you guy, but someone that's listening, Go see a fucking specialist and take some testosterone. Like, I'm making the choice to go the other direction because I abused it for so long. I'm seeing how much I can keep without being on anything. Like, yeah. It's just an ego play for me at this point. I mean, you know, kids, it's, I get so frustrated because there's, you, you literally can, you, this is why I don't, I, I didn't really care to teach anymore. You know, I have a history degree, which people are like, you have a history degree? I'm like, yeah, it's not all fucking bodybuilders or, or idiots or don't have degrees or personal fucking trainers. Um, some of us actually have a fucking head on our shoulders. Um, but uh, that was one of the reasons why I don't want to teach anymore because the internet consumed, you don't even need to have a teacher because all these kids, if they have a question, they go on Google, Google it, figure it out. They don't need teachers, which I, I completely fucking disagree with. Cause I think, um, I don't, you know, schools that go, did my ex-wife teach out of school? Everything's digital back where I went to school. Everything's digital laptops. I can't fucking deal with it. It's too much. I still paper. I got a calendar hanging in my kitchen. I don't even put notes in my iPhone. I fucking write everything down. Um, but you would think with the knowledge that these kids have at their fingertips, they would be a little fucking smarter with training and eating and supplementation. But the, the fucking issue is is that you have all these people on these forms that act like they're doctors and they know what the fuck they're talking about and that's where the, i got kids that are like you know that i do press for like oh i'm taking 2500 migs of uh test and 500 migs of deca and 150 migs of anazole and i'm like all right you're gonna die if you keep that up yeah like it just blows my mind the amounts these kids take it, it baffles me and i guess maybe that's why I haven't won the Arnold or the Olympia, and, and I don't, I'm not as big as some of the other 212 guys because I, I, will, I will never die for, for bodybuilding. Some guys have that mentality. I'm going to fucking – if I got to die on the fucking stage, I, that's great. I'm not one of those people. I cherish life a little more than putting on a pair of trunks and flexing. So if my bodybuilding career – if my bodybuilding career would end right now, I would not have any regrets. Um, but – you know, I, I, I like to push my genetic limits, but I also limit the amount I push it, if that makes sense. Well, of course. I mean, the, the bodybuilding is one of these sports that more is not always better. Like, you, for those of you that are unsure about this, your body has a natural homeostasis level and your receptor sites can only take so much of anything you're putting at it. So there's an incremental lack of change. Yep. For, for me, running 250 milligrams of testosterone a week or... 600 might not matter. You, you jump up into, like Guy said, if I was running 2,500 milligrams a week of testosterone, it's th your body can't process that. Like it, it's it's doing more damage than the incremental growth you're going to get on the backside of it. But you're, what happens is 
people are just fucking stupid. Like it doesn't work that way. It's not like money. More is not always better. Yeah. Like more often than not, it's the exact opposite. Like you want 100%. to figure out your free testosterone level and minimize your estrogen rebound and, and do some things that way. And guy, you're way more intelligent than I am on this. I don't want to even go down this rabbit hole, but after trial and error, using myself as a human Petri dish for 14 years, I figured out what works and what didn't work for me. Like yep. I never had gyno, never had acne, still have a full head of hair, never got aggressive. I mean, I got a full head of hair, but my dad's bald. So, I mean, my mine's eventually going to be gone anyway. Yo, right. But you look at, look at how many pro bodybuilders don't have that full head of hair. Don't have that flip oh, out. Yeah. I, have, mean, I, I don't, I don't even, I don't even think I, I, I never get pimples, ever get pimples. No. Well, what, well, what do you do? I said, cause I'm not a fucking idiot. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Like there's no, there's, it's not like it's common fucking sense. It really is, but that escapes most people or a lot of people in a lot of situations. Like, hundred percent, not just around bodybuilding, not just around food, but think about as we touch base on Centurion Labs. Like, why aren't you a multi? You know, you and fuck, you could be, but you know, why aren't you driving around a new Rolls Royce? Like, you own a supplement company, you got to be a fucking multimillionaire. Uh, it takes some not time. Really. To, it takes some time to build into that. Not that you won't be. Not that you might not be now. But ten years from now, your company is going to be in a bit bigger and better place than it is after four years. And, and you know what? If that time comes and I'm driving a Rolls Royce or if I'm driving a fucking Lambo or a fucking Ferrari, I don't post. I mean, listen, I have a BMW. I have a truck, a, a brand new Rebel. Yeah, I live in a fucking three-story house, two and a half acres of land. I got my dogs, everything that I have. I bought, but I don't, I don't post about that stuff because life is more important than material things. I have what I have and I get things that I like. But I don't overdo anything. I don't have custom fucking leather seats with my initials in it and Gucci fucking bags and Louis Vuitton suits and travel cases and a fucking Maserati and a Lambo. And, you know, I, it, it's, I, I, that's not me. I got my fucking guns, my dogs, and my house. That's all I, that's all I need. Yeah, absolutely. So, Guy, what, what, to wrap up the, our interview, there's one thing I have every guest do. And part of, as I shared with you in the pre-show interview... I've shared some just dirty shit. Like every piece of dirty laundry that I have, I've shared. And my listeners are used to that. Like that's so what what I ask every guest to do is share something that isn't necessarily pleasant from your life and then a lesson you learn from it. And then we'll apply it to the listeners, you know, body and relationship and potentially their business, whatever that means to you. And again, this isn't setting you up. It's we all have shit we're not proud of. Like, fuck, I've I've cheated, I've lied, I've had failed businesses, I've, you know, over abused steroids name something let's hear one of these stories from you uh you know honestly i i'm not going to give names because obviously i, I don't want to give names but you know, i was married for five years and i got married at 28 my my wife at the time was 30 and uh you know we got married and you know we didn't live together at first and wait, wait you were we married ended up just drifting very far apart and then we ended up separating and in that time that we separated you know i i when this happened not when the separation happened but when the thing i'm about to say happened you know i got looked at as a scumbag because after eight months of being separated i started dating somebody else yeah you know we didn't live in the same house we were separated maybe we didn't start the quote-unquote divorce process yet but you know we both really weren't ignorant and you know she found out that i was seeing somebody else and um it it destroyed her and people looked down on me because they called me a cheater. Now, do I think I was a cheater? No, in the, in the eyes of God, possibly. Um, 
and 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 it really it, it was a rough uh, a rough run for a while uh, dealing with with that back and forth and you know I I, I would you know listen me and my ex wife or exes for a reason and uh, we are way better off as friends um, she's a great human being but my girlfriend now Gina like there's a reason why things in in your life lead to certain points and me meeting Gina, even though it was at 36 years old, it took me going through getting married and divorced and then another breakup and then another even worse breakup. And then, so it's, you, you always, tr you know, I, I always was trying to, after I got divorced, I was trying to like move fast. Like I want, I want a wife, I want kids, I want this, I want that. And you force a lot of things um, in life. And, and I, I, I mean, it was embarrassing for me because growing up, I always envisioned like getting married, white picket fence, like, yeah. you know, all American dream. And, um, it didn't out of everybody in my family, I was probably in my head, my brother, my sister, I was the one that was like going to get married and kids and this and that. And I'm the only one who's fucking divorced. No kids. My brother has two kids. My sister has three. And I'm sitting here like, I, I got a house and two dogs. Right. You know? So, you know, being 36 years old and not having a wife or having kids sucks, but I, I can, I can pretty, pretty confidently say that the girl that I'm with now is the girl that I was supposed to meet, um, and, and be with for the rest of my life. And, and, uh, it, it's, it crazy how it happened, crazy how I got here, but I could not be more, um, happy, uh, for, for meeting her. Somebody asked me the other day, what's the best moment of your life? And I said, hands down, meet my girlfriend said hands down so how did you meet her? it's better than any trophy any sponsorship nothing um in my eyes uh, compares to that but if if i took something away from it um it's a saying that people you know i don't know if you heard it but they say if you want to make god laugh have a plan meaning you could try to plan out your whole life but he's he's going to find a way to, to to do it his way whether he likes it or not so you know through my divorce and then other breakups um, and, and getting down on myself. And, you know, I went into a deep depression, uh, last year when my girlfriend who had a daughter, um, broke up with me out of left field and, um, over text messages, never heard from her again. I, I went to a deep, dark place for, uh, some months. And now that I look back, I was like, what? I wasted three fucking months over somebody that wasn't worth it. And like, it was one of those like mindsets where I was like, I don't even give a fuck if I don't wake up tomorrow. Like, I don't want to wake up and go through this heartache and this pain again. But now I sit back, I'm like, what a, f I was a fucking idiot to, to even get there because that was, a, that needed to happen for me to get here. So my outlook on life now is no matter what fucking happens, there's a reason for it and I'm not going to fight it and I'm not going to get emotional about it. And listen, if me and, my, me and my girlfriend right now broke up, I'd be devastated, but I would have that mindset where there's a fucking reason that happened. Not that it's going to happen. I hope not. No, of course not. I mean, you guys seem incredibly happy from social media. So God, how did you meet Gina, right? Is that her? Yeah. I'm not butchering um, that. It was crazy. Me and my buddy, Augie, were talking a couple days prior to this about, he's like, man, your fucking, your relationship life sucks and, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, don't, you can never catch a break with the girls you date and blah, 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 blah. And then two days later, I was laying on my couch. It was 4.30, about to go to the gym, the beginning of June, uh, June 8th. And uh, oh my door, man, which one of you guys keep farting? <sighs> um, and he FaceTimed me. 
And I picked up and I'm like, what's up? He's like, I want you to meet somebody. And I'm like, I- I'm thinking it's a fan because that's happened to me many times. Yeah. And uh, he apparently before he called me, went up to Gina and he goes, hi, you know, my name's Augie. What's your name? And she's like, oh, my name's Gina. Nice to meet you. And he goes, listen, I got to ask, do you have a boyfriend? He goes, I'm not asking for me. And she's like, no. And he goes, I want, he's like, I want to introduce you to somebody. And he calls me on FaceTime, hands her the phone. It's been together ever since. That's crazy. What a great crazy. story. Yep. Well, what I think is even greater is me being somebody that I admittedly fully cheated guy, like not like a little bit, not like your story. Like you've met Lindsay, my wife. Like I was in a complete separate relationship when I first met her, like for the first six months, like she had no idea. I was a complete fucking scumbag. Like you met me after my scumbag time. But in that you and I were together two Septembers ago in Vegas or last September last September. Yeah. My, that you met my ex that day. Yeah. Like you, you now have a relationship in which you're able to at least have, it looked like civil slash good communication with your ex-wife now. Yeah. And that gets a little sticky man with, you know, cause it's, you know, um, it, it's, it's hard for somebody like my ex-wife's boyfriend. She's got a long-term boyfriend for over a year and my girlfriend, it's hard when you, when you're not married, to understand the dynamic of a divorce that didn't end bad. Um, and it's not because, you know, it's like, do, do I want Gina talking to her exes? Fuck. No, I don't. But then here I am. And I help my ex-wife. My, my ex-wife is a, is, um, a professional athlete. She's a fitness competitor. She's getting ready for the Olympia. I do her prep. Um, and we're very cordial. She's a very good friend of mine. And it's, you know, it, in the beginning, it did put stress on me and Gina because Gina's like, I don't like that you're that close with your ex-wife. And she is, was right. I, I, am, I am close with my ex-wife, but it's not on a level of um, emotion or attraction. It's on the level of I've known her for 10 years. We were in a relationship and she was a, my best friend. And we lost the spark and the emotion and the physical attraction, but we kept the friendship. So it's very hard for people to grasp that concept because most people hear divorced and 99% of the time, fuck him. He's a dickhead. Fuck her. She's a cunt, blah, 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 blah. But it, my divorce wasn't like that. So for me just to not talk to my ex-wife because she's just an ex-wife isn't fair, but you definitely have to learn balance when it comes to, you know, I had, I had talked to my ex-wife and I said, listen, we're divorced we're friends and I can't let our relationship affect what my future is with who I'm with, because that's who I foresee myself being with the rest of my life. And I'm not going to lose that because of a friendship I have with you, because at some point I'm going to get married. You're going to get married. We're going to end up going our separate ways. And we're not going to have really that much communication at all, mm-hmm. which is a reality. Um, so, you know, I had to have that conversation with her too, because yeah, I'm not going to risk somebody I'm in love with for somebody that I was in love with and broke up with and have no ties to anymore. So it's a very hard juggling game at times, you know, to, to, to balance those two. But yeah. So how does her boyfriend handle your situation? Like you're, he's, is he's not a, is he a competitor? Is he? No, no, he works oh. in insurance. Oh, he's uh, got to, he's got to hate this then. He can't like this. Like you're, you're a fucking bodybuilder and it's, it's, she, well, I mean, so I, and this is how she explained it to me. Cause he did get upset in the beginning because, and if you think about it, it does make sense. I have something that he can't give my ex-wife and that's 
knowledge and help for competing. Mm-hmm. I've been helping my ex-wife since I met her in 2007 with all her shows. I've guided her through, you know, she never even won a fucking show or placed top five until she met me. Okay. Um, now she's won seven shows, Arnold Classics, yada, yada, yada. So, and she told me that he admitted, like, it, it bothers him that she needs me for something and that he can't give that to her. And that is knowledge and help for getting ready for a show. Now, this is her last year competing. So that, that, that stress for him and that stress for me and that stress for Gina is going to be disconnected because there's going to be a lot less communication. Um, but he accepted the fact that she needs me to do well in what she wants to do. Can she find another coach? Yes. But when I've been helping her for 11 fucking years and I know her body like the back of my hand, why would she want to go with somebody else? You know, just because we got a divorce doesn't mean I hate her. I wish ill upon her. I want her to do great. Um, So he kind of has a better understanding of our relationship because they've been together for over a year with Gina. It's been a couple months. Um, So it's, it's a little, um, it's a little rocky, but um, me and Gina are, we have a phenomenal relationship. She's a sweet girl. Um, She is definitely the the best thing that's ever happened to me so i really have no complaints about her she's i mean she's a typical italian fucking hothead and she flies off the handle um all the time but other than that i mean she's 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 absolutely awesome i'm very happy and very blessed it sounds super familiar coming from what i deal with every day so i I get it you've you've definitely met my missus so that means we argued over sushi about fucking the soup wedding soup yeah so much so that you called your fucking mom Mr. Italian, I put a like, fucking end to it, bro. That's how. It, listen, if you're gonna argue with Italian, you better you have to argue to like the death. Yes, you, you have to get an answer. <laughs> that that is true. So that means you you'll still be with Gina come March, and I know Centurion's gonna be at the at the Arnold, right? Do you guys already secure your booth space? Yeah. Good. So you, she's gonna come with you here, right? So we'll we'll have Probably a little. Yeah. Uh, I'll be the odd man out, the non-Italian one of the the four of us. It'll be perfect. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Whatever. You guys can fucking argue, and I'll just sit there and watch and smile. Just pay for my dinner. <laughs> I owe you at this point, I think. I'm, I'm pretty sure you bought the last two times, you dick. I believe so. Okay, we'll, we'll switch that up. We'll go somewhere cheap. I don't make that, I don't make that guy Sister Nino money. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> guy, my friend, I know I probably ran over. I, you got a bunch of shit to do. It's probably training time for you. I appreciate you being on the show. Always great catching up with you. Thank you so much for the time you shared with us today. Anytime, brother. Look forward to catching up with you soon. Have a great day, my man. Be good, Ryan. Take care, guys. So when you apply the lessons the guy shared with you day over day, you'll find out that you're able to get shit done.